This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes, and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. Luca Nation. <laughs> Episode 716 of Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh my. I'm excited for today's episode. Cage isn't going to like what I have to say. He's not going to like what I have to say. But I, I have a feeling he's been in an interesting move all day. So we'll just start he's over. been in that mood where it's like you know when you're driving somewhere and you're already late and you run into every single red light all day long. That's the kind Pretty is much. that accurate? I mean, yeah, and 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 the car's overheating. <laughs> and the car's <laughs> And your passenger seat driver is telling you where to go and giving you yeah. terrible directions. And you know they're wrong, but it doesn't matter. You can't tell them they're wrong. A hundred percent, dude. Oh, it's all it's listen. What's fun about that is you have good days, you have bad days. The hobby's always here. And, and so bad, bad days are, are we. Bad days are so relative, right? Because you realize I didn't usually a place in the first place. Usually, relatives cause you bad day. That's you know a lot of what happens too sometimes. But dude, at least you're not the idiot that invested in NFTs and crypto and lost eighty percent. I mean, some would say now's the time to invest in NFTs. We've had some really smart people buying our NFT. <laughs> so that's actually true. <laughs> I told I told a buddy about it. He's like, wait, so. It's $70 to buy your NFT. You get three SGC grades per token and the cigar. Doesn't the SGC grading pay for itself? $90, $90 for the SGC. So you buy the thing, you get $20 off and the cigar night. Hell yeah. Listen, this is the thing. We're grifters. Who said that to you? Who got in your head this morning? <laughs> No, not this morning. That was remember. You can't the just whole, give out your if, phone number to any Joe Schmo out there. <laughs> to a lot of people have my phone number. A lot of people reach out, and I love every minute of it. I don't know if have I can. You become the hobby lawyer. I don't know if the I can help everybody. But yeah, I have gotten some interesting, interesting messages. I'll tell you that much. The but, issue uh, though is they need to put a dollar in your pocket, and if they've right. never met you. This is why I need Panini Digital to take off because somebody can, like, you know, just send me a dollar for like a Panini Digital. There you go. It's an easy way. Wait, you know? they could just send you ETH. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> why do you need Panini Digital to take off? I don't. I don't at all. I've been, I've been in their Discord. They had something happen today where, like, allegedly some employees left uh, the company a couple weeks ago, but they left knowing what the next challenge was. So, like, the, a mysterious wallet was buying the challenge NFTs. I mean, it's like, I mean, you know what's funny is I'll, I'll let you take this wherever it goes, you know, for the episode. But where my brain is today is this. Bad actors in the space. Like, you know, the NFT thing, we used to try to, like, talk about it like, oh, blockchain. Blockchain's there. It's an easy way to prove authenticity. It's an easy way for no backsies, the whole deal. But... It doesn't stop any of the bad action. As a matter of fact, like you have to be on your toes, man. You have to be on your guard. People will swipe your ape. You know what I mean? Like people will take your shit. And and what's funny about it is I've I've read about it. Maybe it's just because Twitter is so prevalent. I've read about more insider trading type of stuff. Like like there was an announcement with CryptoPunks over the past weekend and everybody bought in to CryptoPunks in the 48 hours leading up to the announcement. It's like, eh. so anyway, it's just where my brain is, you know, it's always happened, but now it's easier to catch because of the blockchain. That's, that is doing. one time where I will call you a glass half full. You're not always, it's not glass, that's full, not a positive or negative. That's just a real because people still shit all the time. It's okay. not like people don't like like go and um, hotwire people's cars and steal cars. It's not like people don't steal diamonds and jewelry. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Bad actors everywhere. I, I would just say when you stole a diamond out of like a jewelry store, 
unless you got caught on camera, you would, how would you be found? And how would they, how could you ever prove that that diamond was the one at that store? Whereas with blockchain, you are able to, to trace it all the way back, even if it's used under a pseudo anonymous name, like you could have your check mark name and then like a hidden wallet, but you could still always trace it back. Remember when that whole thing with tornado cash happened, you could even using that trace it back. So all yeah. blockchain allows it to do is just trace back to the origin. All right. lost I didn't every, mean every listener. Every listener is gone now. Every listener is gone. But you know we don't really talk too much, and and we were going to talk before, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for a walk. Let's record a little later. And I'm like, I'm like Andrew, we'll record it this time. And then I change it on him, and I say, Hey, let's record later. We'll go for a walk. And then I call him up, and I say, Hey, uh, the it's raining, so I can't go for a walk. Let's record now. And you're like, No, too late. Like you were, you inspired me. You were going for a walk. I'm running now. So the whole the whole schedule has been screwy. We haven't caught up. So we catch up about crypto. We catch up about NFTs. I gotta tell you, I'm excited for the national. Go ahead. I'm excited for the national. That's where I am right now. That's where my headspace is right now. All right. Well, I, I got a question. You're for you. a little one question, like, one topic. You know, you don't. One question, one topic Shoot. for the day. So, despite what people think, new people are getting back into the hobby. So a childhood friend of mine. Same name as me, by the way. Fun, fun little fact is getting he's back into buying cards, Pokemon cards, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, lower grade. And he bought in the PWCC auction this weekend after listening to our episode, he bought a few Brady game use patch cards. And his issue, he won't stop pestering me about this. He's like, what are comps? Andrew, what are the true comps? What is this worth? It's not on card ladder. It's on 130 point, you have to go and you have to search out like what similar items sold for market movers. It's something else. All It's something else. What is true comps? And I'll, I'll give you an example. One further. I was selling, I'm selling whatnot every day. Today I sold a Gale Sayers auto. Okay. That card is on card ladder. Card ladder has that card at a $300 valuation. Okay. But the last sale on eBay was 90 bucks. Today it sold for 88 bucks. Okay. What is that card truly worth? How do you find comps? Okay. What do so, you say to the new generation? Well, let's define some terms. Comps are not value. Okay. Because everything okay. is completely different. So if you want to know how much something's worth, comps are one data point that you can use to come up with what something's worth. If you want a definition for what's the value of something, it is what anyone's willing to pay at any given time for it. That's really the value. I mean, think about a, a house, right? The best way to value your home is to look at comps. Comps are short for comparables, right? In the market, it's stock is easy. One stock's the same. Comps for housing, which is where I've heard it before this recent hobby run of comps, is where I hear it. And it's a comp because it's comparable. It's same zip code. Same style of house, same amount of bedrooms, same amount of bathrooms. But chances are, houses are not cookie cutters. One may have a one-and-a-half-car garage. One may have a two-car garage. One may have a pool. One may not. One may have a, a full-finished basement, one partial-finished basement, no one one unfinished basement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's why you come up with comps. Comps are, um, are, are a price or a value for something that you can compare yours to. Now, in cards... You have basically both of those worlds. You have the stock market style and you also have the home style, right? The ones that don't come up for sale that often, that aren't as liquid and don't have the value, you have to look at what is a comparable, which would mean like if you're looking at a 90s Jordan insert that's number to 100 and um, you know in a PSA 10, there's only 20 of them. There are other Jordan inserts from the 90s, numbers 100, that there are 10, 15, 20 of. If yours doesn't have a sale, you look for a sale of that other card as a comp. You can also look for other players of the same ilk, the same level, within the same set. You, you know, you're looking for a value of a um, Frank Thomas 1993 Topps Finest Refractor in a PSA 10, and wasn't, one hasn't sold for a while. Well, look if in the last six months, a Cal Ripken or a Greg Maddox, or a Barry Bonds sold. And those are comps to your card. As far as the, the other side, the liquid side, the stock side, 
you're able to find what I don't think should be called a comp. That's more of a valuation or a, a prior sale, which is another data point. You're if using you have, like a Herbert Prism PSA. Yeah, 10. Herbert Prism PSA ten. Something exactly. that sells a few times. A you're day. gonna see. You're gonna see plenty of sales on that, and the 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 sales data extrapolated out over a week, two weeks, a month, whatever it is, averaged out gives you a value of that card. Does that make any kind of sense? It's. It, I mean, look, that's an easy, an oversimplification. The difficulty is what you're dealing with, which is, hey, I bought a card. For ninety dollars, card ladder says it's worth three hundred. Um, what is it worth? And you found out today that yours was worth eighty-eight dollars. That was an example. What I, another example was? Hey, I just bought this card on PWCC Weekly Auction. It's a it's a game used patch card of Tom Brady from two thousand two. I haven't seen one for sale in two years. Right. You know what's it really worth? I got it for one hundred eighty-four, but you know, did I get a steal? Did I overpay? I'm new in the hobby. How do I know? Maybe I, you know, cause when you're new, it's your first purchase or yeah. first few, maybe you're like, fuck did I overpay? Well, I mean, first of all, did you want it? Do you like it? Is it going to provide some value for you in your collection? Some enjoyment out of it. You're going to be happy that you owned it. That's the first thing I would tell your friend rather than just immediately saying, is this something that I bought for a price that I can sell for more? Because that's, you well, know, he didn't say that, but he's worried. He's like, Andrew, did I overpay for it? Because, well, the answer is no. Because if it hasn't come up for sale in years, and he has the only one that came up for sale, he gets to set the price. Interesting. He gets, he gets to say, "All right, well, if these don't come up for sale for a couple of years, well, I'm going to sell it for three fifty now." And if, if another person wants it, then they have to pay his price, or it doesn't sell. That's what happens with like one of ones and, you know, really rare, really rare cards. You know, if somebody wants it, they got to pay the, the person who owns the card's price. Now, a Tom Brady, if you're looking at how to value an O2 game used Tom Brady, you look for other O2 game used Tom Brady's in different sets. You look for some O3s and obviously value yours a little more. Because that's it's an earlier jersey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the way that I would do it. I mean, it's tough to do it as far as, like, you know, look for a Drew Brees or look for a Peyton Manning. You could do that also, but that's only going to get you part of the way. You know, it'll give you a guesstimate. It'll give you an idea. Same set, same year for Manning. You would think Brady is going to be significantly more because it would be, you know, Brady's second year, and it would be, you know, um, you know, what the seventh year or whatever it is for Manning, so a Jersey relic probably wouldn't be worth as much. But I, I listen. I feel your friend's pain, but there's no pain. There's a question for our audience that I think you're an expert in. You're well, I gonna... think what I, what, you know, what I would say though is that the, the data points and the ability to look things up and 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 value your cards have come so far in the last couple of years. I'm sure they'll continue to you know to to go. I mean, there are all of these sales, and obviously there's you have better data for the more liquid items, the things that come up for sale more often. You have more data points. That's kind of the way it works, you know? I was surprised. This guy's pretty thorough that all of the options, he he, he went on 30-point market movers, car ladder, and all, and he still was had that question. I would think, I was like, dude, when I entered the hobby, these I don't think even car ladder existed. In you know what I would tell you? For, a, for someone who has just come into the hobby, whatever it is that they weren't able to find a value on, it's likely a smart buy. Yeah. Because it means it's not something that's available that often. That's scarcity. So, you know, that doesn't mean that you should only be out there trying to make a portfolio of cards that aren't available value-wise. You know what I mean? Um, and I will tell you, I mean, we've seen people buy cards and, you know, and mention it to Card Ladder, and Card Ladder will add it. You know, they'll add it to their database. So, you know, if he wants to add his sale in, you know, <laughs> here you go. Here's my sale. It's a Tom Brady, whatever it is. Um, you know, I I got to tell you, the, the other end of your question is even when there are data points, the data points are sometimes so far apart. Like you talked about alt. I mean, alt sales for the last couple of alt auctions have been, is it fair for me to say 70%? On average, of the old, you know, some if they're lucky, some are forty or fifty. So, you know, 
is the valuation wrong? Is the value yesterday's price? Let's see what I did there. That's I don't know the answer. Soda. Congrats to Bullpen LA opening a new location. Congrats to Texas Roadhouse opening a new location. Kentucky. Kentucky. No, no, it was, but I, I think they opened a store in Texas, though. Okay, so now it's the Texas Roadhouse. Kentucky yeah, Roadhouse so. is in Texas. Jeez. Correct me if I'm wrong, but both so Bullpen like, LA stays Bullpen LA even though he's in New York. You don't call him Bullpen New York. But Kentucky Bull- Roadshow goes to Texas, and you call him the Texas Roadshow. You see uh, how that could be confusing to people. I am barely bright enough to remember those two stores. I had to write them on my hand. So congrats <laughs> to both of those guys um, and their teams. I know how hard they work. I'm just like, I don't know. I just okay, feel those like guys are awesome. Those got both of those guys. I wish them all the luck in the world. I wish them nothing but success. Just real nice guys, real great guys for the hobby, real good ha- hobby ambassadors. Don't give a shit about the market today, tomorrow, or in six months, or how it was six months ago. You know, they're both expanding with a real long-term view, which is what real, you need. I think. I think long. I think it's okay. We don't talk about this enough. Like, I think you could be a social or a serial. No, it's like a social entrepreneur. And what I mean like by a serial that, killer. Yeah, you could do that too, like Mr. Brooks. Um, that movie is interesting, weird, but interesting. Um, the me more, right? I think was the little Kevin Costner action. Yeah. I think you could make a profit, but also be good for the hobby or good for any industry. I mean, if, if no one makes a profit in the industry, the industry is not going to last too long. Sure. <laughs> Somebody's got to make some money, right? Otherwise it's not an industry worth having. <laughs> no one's going to stay in it if everybody's losing money. But Listen, I think, you know, I, like I said, I wish those guys success. I wish everybody success. But let's talk about how, you know, there, there are people. Yes, everybody. Because whether we wish it or not, there will be people who fail. So here's the thing. There are people who come in with the exact opposite. There are people who come in with a plan of, I'm starting something that I'm looking to exit 12 to 18 months from now. And that's scary. Can like I throw something end, out like there? high-end cards? No, like businesses. You know, like yeah, I'm going to start a business, and I'm 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 not really yeah. you know looking to help. I'm I'm looking to build up a business and sell the business. Let me tell you something. I've heard that before. We offered them a piece of our company. He said no. He started a podcast. He did three episodes, and he got tired and wanted to play golf. <laughs> That's not a business. That's a person. But so here oh. you go. You ready? You yeah. ready for this? All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through something here. Trust me, it's gonna make sense. Okay. I went out for a walk with my wife yesterday and we noticed more for sale signs in our neighborhood. Now there were plenty of for sale signs during the last couple of years in what I would consider a bull market, right? But these for sale signs are on houses that we know the people who bought them because we've been here in the same neighborhood now for 18 years and we know almost everybody as I'm sure surprises no one. Everybody knows Cage, right? So, and if you didn't buy that LeBron, you could have bought all six of the houses. No, so forget about the houses for a second. That's okay. not where I'm going. It's not where I'm going. Not about me. It's not about me at all. Just stay with me, okay? And the audience, stay with me too. Because I guarantee you have a bing, little light bulb. You ready? Because it, it, it's what happened for me. And my wife said, hey, they've been there for like a year. You know, they've been there for like 18 months. That house has been there for like a year and a couple Flippers. of months. Flippers. What's, Flippers. What's, so what's going on? And we had a conversation about it. And she was very smart. And she said that those people are probably over leveraged in their homes. Because the, the market, the way that it was the last couple of years, home prices have gone up a lot. And you were able to borrow money cheaply. And a lot of people took what's known as a variable interest mortgage, okay? Which meant that it could be something that if you didn't lock in, can change. If you do a home equity line of credit, it moves with the interest rate when the Fed moves the rate. And when the Fed moves the rate 75 basis points, it changes your loan a lot, especially when you're buying a $750,000 house. I don't live in a fancy neighborhood. Um, 
but I'm using those numbers just as a little, uh, you know, a little, a, a little example of, you know, what a, a percent or two move in the market is. And keep in mind, this was a market where the mortgage was three percent, and now it's six and change. Six, you know, that means your your interest being charged on your home is double. Um, and she said, I wonder if a lot of these people are looking to get out now after a little bit of a run up in price, and they can't really or don't want to pay the additional interest on these properties. And I thought back to my own situation when I bought my house in 04. And remember, guys, Hobby does this too. Okay, if we're talking about these things as asset classes, real estate, art, stocks, you name it. Right. In in, in 2004, I bought my, my house almost at the peak of, of insanity as far as lending. It was like another year or 18 months after. And people, I remember, people gave me, you know, a pre-qualified mortgage for a million dollars. There's no friggin' way I could have ever afforded that. I couldn't even afford it now. But they were being liberal with the money, and they were saying, you know what? We'll lend you the money. Just come here, and we'll give you the cash. You know, come on over, and, you know, we'll, you want some cash before the national? We got the cash. Um, hey, you want some cash before you buy your house? We'll, 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 we'll give you a mortgage, no problem. And the rates were interesting, and the rates went up a little. And the rates were, again, at that point in time, 6%. And a lot of people were doing, you know, variable loans, home equity line of credits to kind of, you know, expand their, their borrowing uh, capacity. And all of a sudden, when the home prices went down, people owed 125, 130% of the value of their house. And for a while there in 06, 07, 08, 09, People actually walked away from their mortgages. They were called underwater mortgages. They, you know, if they sold their house, it wouldn't be enough to own to to pay for the, what they owed. And they walked away. They said to the bank, "It's, it's yours. I'm not paying a mortgage anymore. Go right ahead. It's yours." And so real quick for yeah. idiots like me, so seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house, three percent interest rate. You're paying mm -hmm. three thousand one hundred and sixty two bucks. So that, that's just your interest. You got to. No, no, that's, that's your that's, monthly payment. Monthly payment. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars house. Three percent. Three percent. Okay. Three thousand one hundred bucks. You must be putting something down and all that other fun stuff, but that's fine. Go ahead. Same seven hundred fifty thousand dollars mortgage, six percent interest rate, four thousand four hundred and ninety-seven dollars. So, almost fourteen hundred dollars a month difference. Right. So, what amounts to approximately, you know, eighteen thousand dollars a year. And you're money, saying basically. not only is that 750 they bought at the top, that also that value of the house went down a hundred thousand. Yes, because the other people in the neighborhood, the comps that you're talking about, now when they try to borrow, someone who was able to afford a house and pay three thousand dollars a month, and it would have been a seven hundred thousand dollar house, that three thousand dollars a month is now only a six hundred thousand dollar house. So people aren't able to borrow now because the monthly payment now is up from three thousand to forty five hundred. You can't afford so that bigger house from two sides. The interest has gone up, so they owe more per month. In and interest. what people are able to afford in the neighborhood for a comparable house is coming down. So your home value is coming down at the same time. So you're what happens interest is interest on an expensive house, even though your house is cheap. You're paying interest on a home at the value that it was, That's and hard. the value is coming down. And you probably overextended, and the amount that you thought you were going to be paying for the home value is now more because of variable. Now, guys, obviously, this is different in cards. I mean, there are people taking loans against their cards, and it's kind of what I was thinking about and stuff like that. But if you think about, you know, we I let in their businesses that have come in, and you see where I'm going. I guess what my, you know, my thought on it was is it's a very interesting thing because I'm drawing a comparison to people who are into cards in the last couple of years at the last couple of years' prices. And if the market does a little, you know, what some people think it might do, is there less money for people to pay for cards? And if there's less money for people to pay for cards, does that bring the value of all these things down? And people are, you know, borrowing money against these things. You got, you know, liquid auctions giving you 80% for your value on your cards. And you get, I mean, is it, do we have too much leverage out there? Is there too much borrowing? What's your thought? I just got off a call with someone where I was seeing how I haven't heard from him in a few weeks. And I, I called him. I said, oh, how are you doing, man? And I know this is someone who was in crypto heavy. And 
he was, I mean, not hurting. He's a successful businessman, but I think at any level losing, I think maybe even at higher levels of success or like playing at higher levels, you know, the million, I think it hurts to lose 80% of your investments, uh, crypto NFTs and less. And he was like, well, the good news is I wasn't over leveraged, but the bad news, I mean, it still hurts. It still takes time to like process that loss. Can I, can I let people into you a little bit? Sure. You're, you're a saver by nature. And Julie too. Yeah. You know, my family's not savers. Like we are the type of family that like we'll spend to like, you know, you know, what creates savers. What? The generation before you spending. Yeah. I hate spending money. So that's, gambling was my my vice, so I can't be like amazing. But like other than that, <laughs> other than that's hilarious. If the but generation like, before you has no interest in money, and you are a kid who grows up in a house, and the only thing your parents ever fight about is money and where the money's going to come from to pay for something, and you feel guilty asking for the um, seventy three dollars for the AP test, so that you can believe it or not save, you know, thousands of dollars in college. <laughs> credit costs, but you still feel like shit. That seventy three dollars is gonna hurt. I'm not gonna go ask for that. Let me go out and work. Um, yeah, you start to save. It changes. It changes your mindset. Yeah, I say that is because I've never seen you more calm and tranquil dur- than during this little time period where everything is is kind of like dip it and we're like that. I sold almost everything I owned, but even and I colored you- up into quality assets. That's why. And sure. crypto, crypto. But you're not over leveraged and you also have savings and you don't take money from your income and you don't invest it into cards. So you're fine. And and um, I guess like maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a lesson there. I don't know. You can take your shots. Remember, I mean, I, I, I took out a lot of crypto last year in, in you know, in actual cash. I cashed that out. But I left in some and I said, okay, this is now, remember I say it a bunch of times, this is house money. Like I'll take my gambles. I'll take my shots on some things and but a lot you, of them don't work out. Do you but, think it's house money because you're not cutting your normal paychecks between the two parents to the bone? And you, you know that like you're two yes. paychecks. You don't yeah. live off of a hundred percent of your two paychecks. Correct. You're part, I would say you're closer to 40, 50. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, you do realize most families in America, I know our family and our family friends, like I would say they're 80, 90 to the approaching 95, 98 sometimes. Yeah, but it wasn't always like that. You have to be disciplined about it. I mean, you say it to me all the time, man. I mean, let, let's let's be honest, right? You know, most families you know, they're out playing tennis and they got nice new cars and they got them. nice phones and they got saunas and they got all kinds of stuff. And I've hey, done se- I've done 715 why? episodes on a cracked why? iPhone 8. Why? Why the song? Why the song? Well, I mean, the song is not that expensive. It's only fifteen hundred bucks. I'm making a point. I'm making a point. The point is, yeah, well, because it it hits home. Because I know you you probably have Russian family friends, and they wanted to install saunas in their house, and they didn't need them if they were only if they're living at eighty percent of their paycheck. But it's a mindset. And you know what, though? It it doesn't mean that I'm right. Maybe I should spend more money. Maybe I should have finished my basement because my kids would have a nice, cooler place to play. And maybe I should get myself a nice new, uh, you know, iPhone 27 with 14 cameras on the back of it and whatever the hell. I bet the audience doesn't even know this. They have one car for the two of them. Yeah, one car for the whole family. Isn't it incredible? My mom can't wait to get her new car every three years from the lease. And you guys, and and it's interesting. Like, think about that. Most people work from home now. Mm-hmm. Do you really need three cars? Like, no. And and I have one car, and it's it'll be three years old in December, and I have nine thousand four hundred miles on it. So I <laughs> barely, I barely even need the one. At least during I, the last three years, you know. I think we laugh, and this is a different conversation than like normal sports cards and stuff. But like, you know, like that book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. Bro, actually, my buddy, he, he comes from a rich dad. Or he's the poor dad that got rich. His dad was a firefighter, but they didn't spend anything. So like almost an insane level. Like in the summer, they wouldn't use air conditioning, which I thought was crazy. They would come to our – our. I think that's way too far. I, th- I do think that's Yeah. Far. They would yeah. come to our college house and turn off the AC. I said, 
bro. So here's the deal, right? I spend money now, but there was a there are decisions that I've made in the course of my life that allow me to spend money now and be comfortable. There are a lot of people I know who bought the kind of house that I bought when I bought it. And five years, eight years into the mission, they went and bought a bigger house. Now, eight years into the mission, I refinanced my 30-year loan into a 15-year loan and half the interest and cut eight years of payments off of my mortgage for the exact same monthly payment. Now, could I have bought myself a bigger house? Sure. But instead, I'll have no mortgage in three years, and they'll still have 18 years on theirs. So that's the that's the difference, you know. I mean, there are, you know, could I be in a bigger house? Could I have fourteen cars? Could I have a Rolex? Sure, but you know, when when you don't do that, you can sleep well when there's a potential economic do you storm front coming. You know, culturally, we've stopped talking about the concept of saving because when I was I was raised by my grandparents and like a little my mom was 19 when she had me so they were still having a lot of fun and I was raised by an older generation and the older generation that was raised during World War II they were savers mm-hmm. they were savers like they would save bread they would save food there they because you know they they came from a, a lack thereof so they were savers do you feel like we don't talk about saving enough in today's culture well just- yeah I'll tell you yes, but only because the last couple of years, especially while we're talking, saving is a joke. You walk into a bank and say, hey, I want to open a savings account, and they'll tell you, okay, we'll give you 0.01%. We will literally give you one penny for every $1,000 you have on account. That's the same. You need right? to earn money on savings for it to be savings? The savings yes, be especially savings. with inflation. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you still have – So, yeah, but, especially but, in the last couple of years, man, what, what happens on it is – um, you know, I, everybody's I, taking their money and making money with it. So you're like, money in a savings account is a waste. I know, but I, you know, I sort of have felt that that hope, and we said it, and I'm like catching myself on, was the biggest lie because they're like inflation, inflation, inflation right inflation, now, inflation, right now, inflation, yeah. and it was like go spend, go invest, go put your money. But now Bitcoin is down like sixty percent. I would have just been better at losing eight percent. Well, it's funny, right? Because I, 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 I do hold a piece of my my portfolio in cash. Definitely in cash, like significant amount in cash. And I was, you know, I, I always like, hey, should I do this? Should I not? And, you know, the thought is why keep it in cash? If you keep it in cash and inflation's 8%, then you're basically losing 8% every year. But had I taken it out and put it into anything else, I would have lost more than that 8%. If it was in Bitcoin, I would have lost up 50%. If it was in the stock market, I would have lost 30%, you know, if it was in whatever it is. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. Sometimes leaving it in the mattress is actually the, the best of – but, I mean, I have some gold. Who did we laugh Gold's at? done well. Who did we, we laugh, laugh at? at a lot of people. Warren Buffett, myself. right? Yeah, like, Buffett. We're like, Warren Buffett, he, him and Munger, Bitcoin. I, the guy, I mean, he has to know what he's doing, right? And he, as of March 3rd, uh, yep, March 30 is holding $144 billion in cash. Well, what he would tell you if he was able to speak, um, <laughs> because, you know, he's basically weekend at Bernie's. No, but if, what he would he's tell you. He's actually in good shape, dude. Yeah. And he's I, on your diet. It's all Coca-Cola. the Coke. It's all the Coca Cola. He's preserved. Coca-Cola no, I mean, at home. honestly, what he would tell you is having cash, having that dry powder now when everybody else is going to freak out. You'll see. He'll make a splash. He'll either buy an entire company. Lucas Tiger from Bronze? <laughs> no, we're not for sale. He doesn't have enough money for us. Come on, we've rebuffed in the last year. We've rebuffed. We've rebuffed quite a few, quite a few, quite a few suitors. So I, I, Warren Buffett could come in. I'll tell him to f off. He don't have enough money. Plus, where the hell is Omaha anyway? I mean, Omaha. You know, he's the Oracle of Omaha. I mean, nobody even cared about Omaha until. Peyton Manning made it famous. So, so he is no, but, but the point I think is that it's good to have that dry powder because there will be bargains in the stock market. There will be bargains in, in the world of, of businesses. And you can apply that to, to, um, to the card market too. We've had enough people say that. I mean, you know, and, and savings, you know what I would love for you to do? I mean, card lad is a great way to do it. Can you do me a favor? Do you have the ability to do, if I ask you to pull something up, pull up what, what's like a low, low, lowish grade. How about a PSA 3, 1952 Tops Mantle? Right, pull up like a five-year chart on that. 
Okay. Now I'm not talking about a, a five million dollar PSA nine or a seven figure PSA eight or you know one of these high ones. I'm talking about a, a you know a, an attainable, especially a lot of people. Would if have you said go back a couple of years, so that's an interesting spike, which is insane. It must just be one weird card. It's one sale. But if you take that one sale out and look at it over a bunch of years here, this is a pretty nice chart. It's a pretty slow and steady. But here's what's funny. Go back three years. I mean, what, what are you what are you looking at there? How much was a PSA? Well, 3? I want to find out who bought it because we're doing this thing in the hobby, laughing at people who bought stupid shit. This three seventeen twenty twenty one gets a laugh. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if that's is that real. Does that say where it is? One hundred and sixty two thousand dollars for a three. That's kind of silly. It's um, <laughs> kind of silly. But go back, go back. I mean, you can look the short. Go back to you know, I don't know, two thousand nineteen. You know, I mean, not that far back. Three years. What, what was this thing? So hmm, let me see. It's two twenty five thousand, twenty one thousand, two thousand nineteen, twenty grand basically, a little on twenty grand, and you can get yourself a PSA three, an attainable, right? And what is it at now? Fifty one. Okay, so in three years, two and a half times your money in an interesting fair, Cage, There was a yeah. sale May 21st for 73, and then there was another sale May 22nd for 51. How about PSA 1? How Just about SGC 1, Dick? You can do SGC 1 if you want, but PSA 1, I, I remember it was $10,000. The entry point of it was $10,000 when, you know... When you, if you wanted to get one of these, I, I remember that in 2019. The point here, guys, and why I bring up the mantle is because that's yeah. Look at the chart on this. 2019 was 11 grand, 10 grand, exactly. Six six thousand in mid 2019, 10,000 in 2020, beginning of 2020. And you're, I mean, it's still 27, 25, wherever it is right now. This is a chart, even though that's a heck of a run-up. It's the same kind of thing. PSA 1 went from 10 to 27, right? PSA 3 went from 20 to 50. I mean, you're talking about a two and a half multiplier in this time. Could it come down in the next six months? 100%. Is it more likely than not that this over time, if you're holding it for a longer amount of time, is, is something where it's a good investment? When you said, hey, we're not saving enough. You know what's funny? The first thing I thought of was, I think I'm going to buy another Mickey Mantle because I don't like savings sure. account. I don't like savings. But I'm talking about like a PSA 1 or an SGC 1 or a PSA Authentic, like whichever the cheapest one to get into. Just grab another one because there you go. It's 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 That's a savings account. So it doesn't necessarily mean guys sell your cards and put your money into a you know a money market or put your money into a, a CD or saving bonds. I think there are places to put it in the hobby. Now, that's not going to get you a 10x this year. This is who you want to buy, people. He smoked cigarettes, chewed gum, and he never sold a card for less than it was sold for previously. Always sell for profits, says Honus Wagner. Yeah, he's a perfect man, right? Did I ever tell you that my grandmother had that up in her house? You know, in, in the Poconos, she had a, a little, it was like a poem called The Perfect Man. And I remember walking past it and seeing The Perfect Man. I'm like, what the hell is this, Grandma? What's The Perfect Man? I said, oh, let me see if I can remember it. The Perfect Man, she says, there is a perfect man. He never does a thing that is not right. His wife, she knows just where he is morning, noon, and night. He's dead. <laughs> that was dark. That was grandma, the perfect man, Honus Wagner. Grandma, grandma and... had an interesting sense of humor. Maybe that's where I get it from. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that one. No, I mean, listen, it's it's interesting stuff, and it, you know, guys, look, we do this every day, and you know, there's some days there are guests, and some days there's fun, and some days there's fluff, and you know, I did tell you guys that I think Tampa Bay was going to win Game Three of the series. Yes, I mean, I'm did. a hockey, I'm a hockey stud, man. I don't know what the hell it's all about, but I am a hockey stud. You know, wait till football where I actually actually watch the games, bro. Wait, wait till that <laughs> happens or whatnot, right? So, so you know, it, 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 it'll be a lot of fun. We could talk about all this stuff. But, look, obviously this is on not just Andrew's mind and my mind and his new friends who just came into the hobby 
whose name is Snuffleupagus and may or may not actually exist. He may have just created him for the show. He might be real. His name might be Vladimir. I don't know, you know. I have friends like, named Vladimir. He may like Pelmini. Pavel. Pelmini are delicious. Pelmini are <laughs> absolutely. No, but dude, um, you know I'm always trying to learn, number mm-hmm. one. I also try to separate fact from fiction, new knowledge from old, like new knowledge from old wisdom. I try to sift through what's 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 we think and believe to be true. What has stood the test of time and been true over generations? I really do try to like kind of figure that out, and I just think in a time like this in general, where there's like a changing of the guard in the hobby, plus a little bit of a down market, I think you have to zoom out that lens. Like, I think we're looking at things like this, but I think if we zoom out this lens, we'll realize one, there's patterns to this. Two, this, the the tried and true ways, save money, have cash flow, don't overextend yourself, live below your means. Like these things are cliches, but they've stood the test of time. That's why they're probably so profound. So I kind of want to urge people to get back to the basics. You know, Kobe, I'll go use a basketball. Kobe! And Jordan. I mean, people would like come and watch their practices and they'd be surprised. Why is he working on a pivot for for 30, 40 minutes? You know, why is he working on one fundamental shot for 30, 40 minutes? And he was asked once and he, what he said was, the reason he's like, they're like, you're the greatest. Why are you working on that? And he's like, the reason I'm the greatest is because I'm never too good for the basics. And I think sometimes when things are so good and, you know, there's everyone's a, you know, a voice of the hobby, we start to get away from the things that are tried and true and try to kind of reinvent the system. And I urge people on a time like this to get back to the basics. I like that, by the way. I like what you're saying. Sometimes the, sometimes the thing that is the most obvious is the right play. And I know Andrew likes to talk about my contrarian plays. I sometimes have to stop for a minute and not be contrarian and realize that, you know, that works sometimes. It works when, when, you know, a good asset is falling. You know, it works when the masses are going one way and I can go another. But sometimes the hobby masses you don't want to bet against. Sometimes, you know, when, when, when the people who have been here for a while are doing something, it's not always great to say, oh, wow, Jordan inserts are going to suck. You know what I mean? When everybody who has money and has been here for a while and will be here again is putting that money into those things. Um, for example, of just kind of like, you know, running with it was, I mean, I didn't know Austin Matthews from, you know, from a hole in the wall. You would pull his, the card up. You should sell that in the next thing. You know what just happened to Austin Matthews? You won the heart trophy. You won the MVP. Yeah, he won a lot of awards, but he's, he's, he, he's the NHL MVP. Which is pretty awesome. And his young gun card was a play we gave and it's worth a ton more than when we gave it. And that wasn't me, you know, that wasn't me um, doing anything contrarian. That was me the an hour before the show saying, let me do some research. I haven't given a hockey play. And I think my Google search term was, who is the best up-and-coming young hockey star? And it was Austin Matthews. And I saw him wearing a weird outfit. He he looked pretty fashionable, accepting his MVP award. Did you take a look, man? Sort of wearing jean shorts, sort of, sort of like Westbrook. Like so, I, I mean, it, sometimes it's as easy as that, and and the play is right. And here he is, you know, a year, year and a half later, cards are worth a ton more, and he's winning the MVP. That I don't think I gave anyone who knows hockey. I don't think I gave anything where they were like, "Wow, groundbreaking!" You know, he just he just went real deep with with this Austin Matthews play. It was literally like the Google answer of who's the best young up and coming hockey player, you know. And then I looked at his best card, and you know that. So that you know, I did a little research, and that's the deal. I'm not a genius, but sometimes that's the easiest way, man. And especially when the market is doing this whole you know contracting thing, you know. That flight to quality we talk about, I have a feeling we're already seeing that and we'll probably continue to see that. Listen, this has been mm. 40 minutes. Capiche. Uh, just just in- incredible, incredible, incredible stuff. But really what you guys got to see there was how the sausage is made. And all those people that are out there selling picks, I know I've seen stories out there selling picks. We just learned how we do it. We Google. Use- Use Google. Use Google. That's it. Who so, is hey, Clemenza, Forget about the sausage. Hey, the sausage. Clemenza. How, how's the sauce made? Did you learn how to make good sauce? Sunday you always have to add a little sugar to the sauce and a little red wine. Always. Cuts the acidity. 
I, I that, like cooking, man. I don't know. Learn that from that. the Godfather. Learn that from the Godfather. That's Clemenza's recipe. That's you. Put I a learned it from siege. you. I know, but that's where I learned it from. I learned it from the Godfather. And you always got to keep stirring. Don't let it. Don't let the sauce stick. Keep stirring. That's uh, that's Henry Hill. That's uh, that's Goodfellas. God rest his soul. Luca Nation. We're having so much fun. Um, I'm, dude. I don't know if you know how many SGC subs we're getting. So I, a lot. I have- I have 100 cards right there that I'm subbing tomorrow, and we have cards coming in the mail. Um, I have to go to the P.O. Box tomorrow. So the SGC sub is on fire. Whatnot, sales, consignment. We have memorabilia coming in. We have jerseys. We have autos. We have really cool stuff in addition to cards that are going to be auctioned off there. Everybody that's sending stuff to me, they know that it, it starts at a buck, but we're slowly building an audience where you know, 50 people on average are – kind of on the show at one time. So stuff is selling well. Some stuff is you're getting deals, you know, lots of Jordan and stuff like that. Jordan always sells well, um, but just cool stuff. Lots of fun. Cage is getting some inventory ready. So stay tuned. So SGC oh, yeah. sub, whatnot consignment. We're doing our whatnot show uh, for football starting in a few months. National. Make sure to RSVP. Please email me. Don't DM me on Instagram. Email me. I am Andrew Goldberg at gmail.com. RSVP. We have we have some good numbers. Already, since we put out the announcement earlier today, we have uh, 15 people who RSVP'd. A few plus ones. Nick Nanny's going to be there. You, you have plus one better also own a tiger. Facts, right? This is <laughs> – I love it. <laughs> There's no excuse not to, right? If if when they were 0.06 ETH at 250, fine. But 0.06 ETH for six, 65, 70 bucks. Listen, I expect a bunch of people to be buying tigers at national and handing you three cards to create for SGC. And say, here you go, Andrew. <laughs> Fill up your backpack. <laughs> for Come SGC, on. let's go. Why the hell wouldn't you? I'm driving. Yeah. I'm not flying. I'm driving so that because I have to bring a ton of cards. We're going to do some fun stuff with whatnot at, at live and at the national, but dude, definitely, definitely expect to bring back a ton of cards. Cool. I mean, listen, guys, that's the other thing, right? I mean, some people are not coming in Wednesday night. Can't make cigar night. Have no interest in smoking a cigar, which is fine. We get that, you know, to each their own. If you're going to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you name it. Um, let us know what you want. Let us know what you want, uh, what you want to see out of us here. You know, anybody want to go to? I don't, I don't know. We could we could do a lunch. We could do a dinner. We could do drinks. We could do whatever it is. We're gonna be doing episodes. We could do a coffee with Cage live from the National. You guys could be there and ask questions. It's gonna be I a think lot a of fun. Man. Would be kind of cool for you. I think you'd ride off that. I, I I wasn't at Mint, unfortunately, but from what I like, I felt like that was your element. All dressed I, up in Jordans. I am the fifth oh, element. I had Kobe's too. You're funny. Uh, I have Kobe's too. I have a nice little pair of blue Kobe's to match my shirt. I have a nice little pair of Jordans. But yeah, I mean, some people don't like the whole suit with the with the sneakers thing. I like it. Should I buy new sneakers for the national? Yeah, should like I, Jordan should I switch it up? The, like the, the, the classic ones. Really? Not yeah. like the shattered glass with the orange? That's nice. Doesn't really match with anything though, unless you're a tiger. In, in 60 seconds or less, explain to me why Shaq will never be invested. Oh, dude, don't go down the Shaq road. Okay, I did this. Okay, I can't say never, right? He because, was the most dominant player, maybe second dude, to LeBron in this generation. I'm going to tell you something. Shaq is what put basketball cards on the map. Shaq. Yes, Jordan was awesome, but Jordan alone was not enough. And anybody who's been in the hobby since the 80s will tell you the 86-87 Fleer set with all those rookies, with all those guys, with Michael Jordan already playing his third-year card. So he was already – everybody knew who he was, right? 86-87 Fleer. So, so it didn't matter. People didn't want it. You know when they wanted to collect basketball cards? They wanted to collect basketball cards in 1992 when Shaq came out and basically just took the whole world by storm and was breaking backboards. Now, yes, Jordan at the same time became Jordan. Right, he became the champ, Jordan, and that helped. But Magic, nope. Bird, nope. Jordan by themselves, no. Shaq, I'm telling you, because I mean, I was a kid, and everybody wanted to go to the store and open up packs and get Shaquille O'Neal cards. Shaq was he was the Zion, he was the Luca, he was you know, it's you know, he was the Herbert. But he actually dominated. 
And yeah, but not immediately. You know, I mean, he, he was great individually in, in Orlando. And, you know, I think it was his third or fourth year, you know, uh, went to the finals, but lost to uh, lost to Houston. Um, but yeah, in L.A., the diesel was a beast. But people don't appreciate the skills of a big man. Right now, we appreciate three-point chuckers. We appreciate people know, who... Man. The 1993 Topps Refractor PSA 10 is a $7,000 card. Last sale sold for 8K. Which one? There's two cards, so be careful. If it's the one with the bricks, that's the lesser of the two. I'm searching. This one is... Is this the lesser of the two? The one with the bricks. Is, no, that's the that's the good one. That's the better one. That's card number three, I think. Yep. And Jordan was one. Look, I'm not, I don't own that card. I'm not trying to make Shaq happen. I just watch PWCC weekly auctions, and I'm like, there's you know so many the Shaq and Tim Duncan cards so, that are falling for less. Duncan less so, but you know part of the problem with Shaq is the, the continuity of collection, right? Like, you know, there's a Topps Chrome uh, LeBron. There's a Topps Chrome Steph. Okay. There's a Topps Chrome Kevin Durant. You know, there are, there's a Topps Chrome Kobe even, right? Then go forward, Prism, you name it. Shaq, unfortunately, came out in, in the junk wax era. And nobody knows what card of his is the one to go after. You can't say, okay, go get his Chrome. And that's part of the reason why, you know, his, none of his cards are, are significantly rare. I happen to love that black upper deck, you know, the upper deck card number one, where it's like three pictures of him dunking. I've owned a lot it's of those. I only have one left. You're, it's not you're, shiny. Your criteria is as not shiny as it gets. But it's not shiny. But Beam Team, people love that. The Beam Team from Stadium Club, right? But but that's not really a rookie. It's an insert card. So, you know, I mean, it's that's part of the reason. But I'm telling you, the other part of the reason is right now, big men are not in vogue. They are not collectible. You have the 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 reigning two-time MVP legit gets no hobby love at all. A center. Joker. Oh, yeah. The dude has won the last two MVPs. No one gives a shit. Do you think this has anything to do with it? Like, we always judge people on how much they've reached and exceeded their potential. And even though Shaq won four titles, we think he could have won eight. No. No, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Not at all. That's that goes back to the whole like physical acumen versus. But what about Vince versus... Carter? Vince Carter fits in that category too. Vince Carter was so popular, but he underachieved. Vince was an athlete and popular. He could have been more. But, he could have been a winner. He never won shit. I mean, he never did anything. I don't even put him anywhere. He's he's exciting. I don't put him anywhere even close to Shaq. Shaq Shaq changed the sport. Like people had to basically. Uh, 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 the first minute of the game, foul him. You know what I mean? Like, they hack a shack was created by opposing coaches, like a shift to say, all right, if he gets the ball in the paint, he's dunking it on us. So you might as well just foul him before he gets a shot up and make him take free throws. But that is crazy. But that's what happened. And 20 and like three blocks a game in the NBA finals. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, just under 40, and I think his rebounds were like 16 and and steals and blocks. He filled the statue. But, dude, has anybody in today's game had a uh, a quadruple double? That would be pretty friggin' nuts, right? You know, Elijah Wan used, used to do that. Duncan. Really? Yeah, Elijah Wan. Yeah. Ten blocks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give this card away to someone. Maybe I'll do the whatnot giveaway with this card. I kind of like it. I'm getting so emotionally attached to some of these cards. I don't want to sell them. It's listen, Don't get it's high a, on your own supply. I loved the centers, and so did the hobby. But trust me, Panini is not going to make a Tower of Power insert set around Robert Parrish and Kevin Willis. But that's what Fleer did an entire insert set because Shaq was the chase, Alonzo Mourning was the chase. Fleer rejectors from Fleer Ultra, rejectors like blocking the ball. Imagine pulling a, a, a chase card that's Robert Williams making a block. That's cool and all, but no one's chasing that shit. They chase Shaq. They chase Morning. Like, if you got anyone else in the Ultra Rejector, you were pissed. I'm telling you, look it up. 1993 Flare Ultra Rejector. It's cool. It's Shaq with the ball. It's like exploding kaboom style. Yeah. 
blocking. See? Look at that card. Yeah, it's pretty these, tiny. All these photos from like there you go. There you go. Look with the ball. See, it's got the ball like a kaboom around the ball, like a comic. <laughs> like a Ultra rejector. Oh, like a kaboom around the ball. Cage chances Panini in this percentage that Panini in the way that we know them right now exists in five years. Zero. I don't think anybody exists the way we know them right now. <laughs> but uh, Panini, look, I don't think. I don't think they're going to be bought by fanatics. I don't think I don't think fanatics. What's there to buy, to. right? I don't think they need to. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think they need to. Um, is there value in carrying forward some of these brands like National Treasures and that kind of stuff? Sure, but I think there's probably more value in bringing back Topps Chrome. You know, expanding maybe a Topps Dynasty, which we you know, which is a, a hit for F1 and baseball and stuff. And you know, I, I think you know. That they're, uh, you know, they have all they need. Panini, I'd like to say they have, you know, the ability to maybe move forward on some digital. Have you ever heard of the poison pill defense? Of course. Of course. It's from when, uh, um, when you uh, put something I mean, inside your actual company bylaws so that when somebody tries to take you over, the poison pill defense is enacted and you make it impossible for them to do it. It's whether it's a reverse stock split so that that person cannot accumulate enough stock to actually take over in a, in a hostile way, or, you know, it creates extra board members so that they can't actually take enough board seats. There's a million different versions of the poison pill, but yeah, a poison pill defense. I learned about it in what's, federal securities regulations. Right. Cause lawyers do this a lot, but mm -hmm. um, what's the move by companies that makes them when they know that there's people that are trying to buy them out, they kind of mm -hmm. make themselves look less valuable to detract buyers. Yeah. Usually what they do is they take all their cash off hand and build up debt. So that no one buys down. Do you think that Panini could be doing that with their moves recently? Doubtful because Panini is not a publicly traded company. They're a private entity. So, someone can offer them any amount of money and, they, and they could just turn it down because it's like a family run company. So if they're making moves to lose money, it's because they're not being artful with their moves, not because they're trying to enact a, a poison pill or make themselves look less desirable from a, from a takeover uh, standpoint. So, and I don't ask because any specific thing that they've done recently, I'm just curious trying to understand the market and yeah, we're having kind of like a brainstorm call. So, I figured I'd bring some things that I've been thinking about. Up yeah, man. Listen, I want Panini to succeed. I want them to be here in five years. I want them. I mean, look, as we know, right now they are the only standing competition to what Fanatics will bring in a couple of years. So if they don't Panini, have any licenses. If Panini, well, they have wrestling license, right? And you know they have UFC license, and they have the ability to make unlicensed products in brands that previously were licensed. You know, it's one thing to bring National Treasures baseball when it's never been licensed, but they can make a National Treasures and a Prism basketball going forward. And I wonder whether or not people will care about that, even if it's not licensed. Remember, people are buying to a certain extent, but people are now buying not used in any specific event, not used in any specific whatever it is and selling them for whatever the hell it is. You know, it'll get to a point where I, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's not something I'm going to want to have. But as a consumer, I want it to be there and be a viable alternative. Otherwise, Fanatics is a monopoly, right? They can, they can do whatever they want because there's nobody there to check them. Right? Jamar Chase Silver <laughs> Prism out of 199. Yes. But Joe DiMaggio, real quick. But, Baseball heroes with a patch. So let me read you. Congratulations. You've received the Joe DiMaggio game used baseball card. On the front of this card is a piece of memorabilia that has been certified to us as having been used in an official major league baseball game. We hope you enjoy this piece of MLB history as we continue to keep you as close as you can get. That's awesome. Jamar Chase. The enclosed authentic memorabilia is not from any specific game or event. Yeah. You know what they stopped with that? Patch swapping. Comes what? What kind of swaps? Patch. Patch swaps. They're not, you know, you're not gonna go and swap the you're not gonna swap that patch out. What are you gonna put in? I'm gonna use it for isn't it? Yeah, you could use it to blow your nose. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, what, what, what? Can I be fair though? Right next to it, I have a game used Shaq sensational patch, which I think is actually incredibly cool. So this one is the enclosed game worn used is guaranteed by Panini America. And it's a two color patch from Orlando. You don't get these a lot in these like little sensational inserts. What's the second color? White and white? Black on the edge. You see it right there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the very edge. I see it. Yep. Which is rare. It's usual. And it has like the, like the, like this is just a napkin. Lamim's words, not mine. And he's right. Guys, this was a different one. I hope you stayed with us on this one. And we got some guests coming later in a week. And, uh, Word of the day is culpable, by the way. I still don't know what it means, but I'm going to look it up later. Responsible. You know, if you have culpability, you're, you know, you're to blame. It's blame. Right? It's culpable conduct. Right? So, you know, remember when you called me that time when you were in Mexico and you said, you know. I'm with two girls back in my room and this wasn't my stuff. I didn't bring this. This isn't my None of it's mine. The police are here knocking on the door. Can you speak to them in Spanish? And I asked you whether or not, you know, you had any culpability for the one girl that wasn't breathing. Whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa. (laughs) See what I just did? I just just made you a murderer down in Mexico. And you came over in Boca. So obviously you had no culpability. There was nothing. Joke's on you. I've never had any girls over. Bye. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um... Do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.